0: You're listening to season five of Technically 200, a podcast featuring the stories of Black and Latina women breaking barriers in STEM fields, all while paving the way for the next generation. Tune in weekly to hear from our amazing guests to learn more about STEM fields, how they've navigated these fields as women of color, and about their many contributions to the overall world of STEM. On today's episode, we'll be talking with Angela De Hoyos, program manager on the political ads team at Meta. Hi, Angela. Thank you so much for being here today. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you, Amber? I'm doing great. Before we get into learning more about, you know, your take on your work at Meta, um, for all of our listeners, can you tell us a little bit more about what you like to do for fun outside of work? Yeah, Uh, well, I'm a
1: busy mom, so I have a stepdaughter that's 13 and a son who's three and a baby girl who's eight months. And uh, I live at home with my mom and my husband, and also an awesome au pair on exchange from Colombia. So we have a big, full, busy household. And I have a one-year-old Doberman, so just keeping everyone alive and fed. And uh, when I have a little time for myself, I
0: have piano lessons once a week, which I absolutely love, and uh, play some guitar whenever I can. Awesome. That sounds like so much fun. Do you uh, have a big family
1: Actually, we fled to Austin from Mexico when I was five, so it was mostly just me and my mom and sometimes my sister, who's 16 years older than me, and I always dreamed of having a big family, so uh, I don't know. I don't know if I have it in me to have any more kids just because I want to make sure everyone has time to be together and do the things that they love at the same time, but I definitely always wanted to have a big
0: family, so live in my dreams. Angela works as a program manager on the political ads team at Meta, or what used to be Facebook for any of our listeners that don't know. Clearly, this is not an engineering position, but important to the success of Meta overall. Angela shares with us what a program manager at Meta does. So, my
1: role as a program manager is a little bit different than other companies in terms of it being more hands on. So, in most tech companies, a program manager Is either responsible for a bunch of different projects that are under one umbrella and maybe some other project managers that report and manage the projects. Um, But here, as a program manager, I get to do that and manage kind of a portfolio of work, uh, but also help create the work and shape it and do some hands on analysis of things that are important to me personally. And I really love that. So, my day to day job is I'm responsible for our. Uh, quantitative insights and infrastructure pillars so that has to do with the engineering uh, models behind uh, classifying political ads and understanding what is or is not a political ad for elections around the world and also doing some more quantitative analysis so looking at the data to understand uh, different questions
0: that are posed to the team about political advertisement. So we're going to take it a step back really quick you said that you majored in Arabic in undergrad um So how did you end up in tech after school? That's a great question.
1: When I was in school, um, it was the height of the Iraq War and all of the scholarships, all of the study abroad programs, all of the funding and internships around Arabic or Middle Eastern studies was funded by the Defense Department. And I was not a U.S. citizen. I was still a Mexican citizen at the time and here on a visa, dependent on my mom's visa. So, uh, I wasn't eligible for any of the cool opportunities that a lot of my classmates had. And uh, I would even get unenrolled from my classes because there was only one, um, one student loan available for a Mexican national here on a visa who had grown up in Texas. So, every semester I'd pick my classes and then get dropped because my scholarship or my, my loan payment was late. And so, I had to go so far as to test out of Arabic too by studying along with my friends and then taking a a placement test at the end of the summer. So it was a, it was really challenging to get into the field that I wanted because of my national origin. And then I knew that tech was the future. I've always been a huge nerd. My sister gave me a big love of star Trek ever since I was little, although I probably didn't love it at the time as much as I do now. And, um, You know this passion for the future and technology and feeling a really strong desire to provide for my family and to provide for even my mom when she aged uh, led me to think that obviously tech was where i needed to be so um, i got lucky honestly i couldn't find a job in my field like i said because i wasn't a u.s citizen when i graduated from college and i was applying for more tech-based roles but didn't really have the exact background and i started working at costco And I was selling memberships and membership upgrades at Costco when uh, someone came in as a hiring manager for a new team that was opening the Google office in Austin. And through some banter and some chat, I kind of was able to wow him a little and ask for an interview onto his team. And a month
0: later, I was moving out to Mountain View, California to work at Google headquarters. Clearly, Angela's had to work hard and push her way into where she wanted to be whether that be her major in undergrad or her first official position in tech at Google. I was curious to know, after finally being able to enter into tech, what has it been like navigating the space since? It hasn't been too hard. And I heard, I heard from someone else this
1: week that careers aren't a the ladder; they're a jungle gym. So I think once you get into that first core job, you, you just kind of see where it takes you and, and your career tends to evolve naturally. So it's really hard when you're first starting out because no one wants to give you an opportunity if you don't have experience, but you can't get an experience unless someone gives you an opportunity. So it has to be really linked to your field, but being able to make that first hop after that, you have experience and it's easy to sort of follow it to a different company that you might be interested in or a different team in the company that you're at. Um, I will say When I was at General Motors, I was able to, I had the privilege of having them pay for my master's degree, uh, partly in recognition for my performance at work and also a lot of the community service uh, with amazing nonprofits, like Code College. And um, and my mentor there, he counseled me to, instead of getting an MBA, to get a technical degree to complement my non-technical background. So... There's definitely always a a skill gap, and uh, I think on paper, a gap of not having a technical background. So having the opportunity to go back and get a a technical master's degree to enhance that and
0: complement my experience was an amazing opportunity that I definitely chose strategically later on. In one of our previous episodes, I spoke with someone who also got into software engineering but didn't come from a tech or computer science background education-wise. And so I'm interested to know what is your take on um, people entering STEM or, or tech without that STEM or computer science background?
1: I think it's really important. And one of my favorite things about
0: working at Meta is
1: obviously outside of core software engineering functions. I have met so many incredible people who have worked in every corner of the world and come from every corner of the world, usually with a non-technical background. And so I think some of our more forward thinking tech companies like Meta and certainly others are trying to see the individual and seeing how your different experiences make you a more complete individual. And so if you're building a product like a Facebook or Instagram, you're building something for the whole world, not just for other software engineers. And so every piece of experience you have, whether you're selling uh, coupons at Google or I used to go door to door selling oil changes. You know, now I can think about how would a small business be able to use ads on Instagram, for example, to leverage that same function? Or how can a small business operate based off of that experience? So companies that hire for the whole individual and the whole person will see your non-technical
0: background. And if you can tell the right story, it can be a huge asset to you in your career search. Angela was born in Mexico and came to the United States with her mom and sister when she was just five years old. She shares with us how being Mexican has played a part in the work that she is doing today and the role that she has at Meta. For one, I think
1: being born in Mexico and coming to the U.S. made me feel a strong desire to be able to provide for my family and trying to look for a career that would make my family comfortable instead of struggling the way that we did when I was growing up. And being able to, whether or not, She asked for it and definitely did not, but feeling like I wanted to be able to give back to my mom everything that she gave to me. I think that's part of maybe general immigrant cultural heritage and specifically Mexican cultural heritage of wanting to provide for your family uh, for everything that they've done for you. So I think a lot of folks from immigrant backgrounds from all over the world probably feel that same desire to wanna give back to their communities or give back to their families by finding a career that will allow them the financial and professional freedom
0: to be able to do so. Awesome. And so you feel like, even though, you know, you originally started with a background more in like a language, you feel like tech has opened up those opportunities for you to give back in those ways.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Being in in tech, number one, I get to have a seat at the table at what I think are solving some of the most interesting problems of our generation um, and going back to kind of my roots in international affairs and languages that I didn't get the chance to explore early in my career and putting them together with the tech experience that I got along the way makes it just my absolute dream job.
0: That's so amazing. So I'm interested to know, you've worked for quite a few different uh, tech companies as well. What is something that everyone in the STEM industry should stop or start doing like what are some trends that you've seen and you're like this should we should change this or we should start doing this
1: i think one thing going back to what we talked about earlier is that it can be so hard to get your start in tech and f- one of the reasons i'm so passionate about code to college is that it helps give people from underrepresented minorities access to that first opportunity Because that's the hardest one to get. And I see so many people, even mid-career, trying to change. And if no one is willing to take a chance on you, then it's so hard to make that switch or to get your foot in the door. So I think more tech companies need to work directly with Code College or similar nonprofits to give people kind of a a low barrier to entry because there's so much talent that we're missing out on Um, when we're building products for the whole world. Like I said, we're not just building products for software engineers, we're, we're building products for real people. And to do that, we need to be able to have people who work in building them from all corners and areas of the world and different backgrounds and perspectives. So more tech companies need to work with Code College and, uh, and give more people an easier entry into the tech field. Awesome.
0: Okay. So I know oh, from reading about a little bit about what you do you do a lot of work with um, some of the ERGs at the companies you've worked at or currently at Meta. So from your experience in those workspaces, what are some ways that the field that you're in could work to make spaces and work environments more inclusive for um, Latino or uh, BIPOC individuals?
1: I think one really cool thing that happened at work this week Um You know, the company has been in the middle of all kinds of efforts to support Ukrainians going through the crisis right now with the military incursion from Russia. And there's also a a duality in that pain where, you know, we're living through the, the current trauma of this violent incursion and seeing people displaced. But if you're from another diaspora community, you might also be feeling a double pain of why didn't I get this response? You know, I'm proud to work for a company that's responding with so much dedication to this crisis, but where where was the world when I was going through this crisis? Whether you're from Afghanistan last year as the U.S. withdrew troops or um, seeing, you know, the way migrant children have been treated in the U.S. coming up through the Texas and California or Southwest border, it can be a double pain. And so one thing that I've seen that ERGs do here is work really collaboratively and bringing together, you know, um, they call the ERGs groups at, so Ukrainians at Meta and refugees at Meta or diaspora at Meta and kind of sharing these experiences openly and making spaces for people to share their personal experience. Because if you say to your employees, bring your whole self to work, but you only want them to bring the good, then you're not, you're not giving them the opportunity for that whole experience and to turn that pain into something productive, whether it generates understanding or collaboration or product ideas to support whatever it might be. So that's been one really incredible response that I've seen that I think other uh, ERGs can adopt in more companies, listening sessions like that.
0: Because our podcast is really geared towards our girls who are in our program and looking to, to branch out into these fields. What is one piece of advice that you would give uh, maybe a girl who came from a similar background as you and was looking into going into tech or just 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 heading into that part of life in general where you're trying to figure out what you want to do so what's one piece of advice that you would give her I would say don't be afraid to
1: change your mind or change your company so at the end of the day companies are looking out for their own interests so don't feel like you're uh, beholden to any company, oh, I've only been here a year. I got this great opportunity. I don't want to leave. You take care of you. They're going to take care of themselves. Um And two, I would say, if you don't feel like you're a particularly strong technical person, there's still a path in tech for you. roles like a business analyst, um, sales is a great entry point into a tech career. So if you know you're interested in tech but you don't know how to get your foot in the door, try sales. That's a great way to put your hustle and to and get to get your foot in the door and and that's definitely kind of the path that I took is I started in a terrible sales job and then I got into a really great sales job at Google that turned out to be horrible but once I had Google on my resume pretty much anyone was willing to hire me um, and so from there I I became a, a business analyst and was able to lean more on my my academic experience and from there a project manager and then a program manager. So sales, analyst, project manager, those are all great entry points into tech companies. If you don't have an engineering background, don't be afraid to put on your resume, the things that you're already capable of doing. So maybe you're supporting a nonprofit or you're volunteering and some of the things that you're doing match up with a job that you want to apply for, but it's not part of your main job, don't be afraid to put those on there and kind of reframe the work that you're doing so that it meets the criteria for the work you're already capable of doing. Don't let your non-technical background or your liberal arts background stop you from going into tech if that's what you're interested in.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for all of that insight and that great advice. Um, I know that a lot of our girls will Love to hear that as they're trying to navigate. What can I do in this space? What am I interested in? So thank you so much for that, and also thank you so much for being on our show today. Um, telling us more about your background and really just your candid, your candid advice and your story. It's really, it's really inspiring. So thank you so much. Thank you, Amber. It's been great to meet you. And I'm I'm rooting for all
1: of you. Send me a a ping or a text. Look me up on on the interwebs. I'm at Adeyo's heart on Instagram if you want to hear more or ask for any
0: advice directly. Awesome. Thank you so much, Angela. Thanks, Amber. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Technically 200. Don't forget to subscribe and visit us at technically200.com. See you at our next episode.